Good morning, church family. Uh, what a wonderful day the Lord has made. And it's a little dreary outside, but I'm just grateful that we have the Holy Spirit, the light inside of us, that no matter what is going on around us, we can still shine bright. And so it's wonderful to be here with you this morning, um, celebrating um, what the Lord's done in our life and who he is. And um, this month and month and a half almost now, we've been focusing on the theme of community, which is one of our 2022 commitments. And it's just been amazing how the Lord has tied sermons and different pastors coming and speaking and events in our congregation together for um, to focus on community. Even next week, we're going to be doing having child dedications where our community gets to come together to support the youth and uh, young children in our in our congregation as they're raised up in the Lord. Um, and to, so today we're going to be um, focusing in on the second part of this sermon series. Remember a couple weeks ago we, we did part one, Community Life Through the Eyes of the Bible. Um, that was very teacher focused and we did some Greek study. This one, this um, sermon is going to be more of our heart and motivation and inspiring us to continue on in the Lord. Um, we're going to look today on how our actions shape the culture of our faith community. All over the world, there are many different communities and cultures. Each one lives in their unique way. As a Christian community, we are called to live by the Bible's way, but other communities live their own way. For example, there's a people group in Africa called the Himba people. The Himba people have a unique way of coming together in their community. When a Himba woman is expecting a child, she with a couple other women from the tribe go out into the wilderness. And and together, they wait until they feel in their hearts a song that symbolizes this coming child. They listen to the wilderness, the animals, the wind, and they seek a song for this child. The Himba women wait as long as they need to. They wait under stars days and night until they feel like there's this rhythmic song that represents this coming child. You see, the Himba people believe that each person is unique, that each person has their own wild and blazing purpose on earth, and that there is a song that represents that person. And when the Himba women feel that they have, have that song for the coming child, they circle around that expecting mother, and together they sing the child's song. Then they return to their village, the gathering of their people, and they teach the child's unique song to the whole community, the entire tribe. Then when that anticipated child is finally born and taken into the arms, the Himba family surrounds that baby with their presence, and their voices rise, the drums beat, and they sing this song to the child as it's taking its first breaths on earth. Later, when the child is going to school, the villagers again gather around and boldly chant the child's song. And then when the child passes through their initiation into adulthood, the Himba people again circle around and bravely sing this same song to that person. At the time of marriage, the women the woman getting married is ushered down the aisle um, to her own personal song to meet her husband. Now there is one more occasion that the Himba people sing a song. If at any time during the person's life they lose their way, they fall short or forget who they really are, they let something steal their dreams or passions, they gently beckon that person to the center of the village and they there they stand, all the people forming a circle around that one person like their own galaxy of stars. And then the villagers sing, letting the beat of the drums and the rhythm of their unique song bring life back into that person, bring their dreams and their souls back again. They sing this person's song because the people, the Himba people believe that we must always remember who we are and whose we are. Now, obviously, our faith community, we don't have our own unique songs, but if you talk to Josh, he might be able to work something up for you. Um, but what we do have is the Word of God. 
unchangeable, uncompromising, forever true, and eternally secure. And inside the word, we find our true identity. You see, the Himba people find their identity in the song that the villagers work up. But as born-again believers, we find our identity in what God says about us. We are redeemed, forgiven, restored. Our past is forgotten, our present is made, sec made secure, and our future is clear. We stand firm on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. We have been adopted into a royal family, sons and daughters of the one true king. And as we continue to endure, our names are written in the book of life. Our identity is proclaimed from the mouths of angels. You see, we do have a song, and it's sung in the heavens. The angels rejoice at our conversion. Our salvation is proclaimed throughout the throne room of God. Our own creation song. It's there, folks. Revelations chapter 5. What a glorious reality we can live in. You see, an essential part of the church community is that if we ever stumble away from our identity, forget who we are in the Lord, our brothers and sisters in Christ are called, are commanded to come alongside us and correct us, encourage us, support us, stand beside us and remind us of who we are and whose we are called to be under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and in the love of our Heavenly Father. But the sad reality is in many church communities, people may gather together, but they are not standing together not supporting one another. There are multiple reasons why church communities around the USA, around the world, don't love the way the Lord calls us to love. Maybe it's ignorance. We don't understand exactly how the Lord is calling us to love through the Bible, and it can also be challenging. In reality, many church communities are doing life together the way the world tells them to, not the way the Word tells them to. So today we have three points. If you remember in the first sermon, we had three questions, three challenges that stirred us up asking if we were loving the way the Bible says. Today we have three statements um, that will help us stir us into action as well. This passage will be finishing up the Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. We did uh, the first couple verses in the first part of the sermon series. We'll be finishing hopefully here. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. In our church Bibles in front of you, it's on page 1,155. Galatians chapter 6. You know, it's always wonderful if you bring your Bible because then you can go back and look at um, some of the other verses that um, we won't be studying in depth today. You want to go to the next slide, Brady? There we go. Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for this amazing faith family this amazing church we have here, God, and we just ask that you would continue to strengthen us, encourage us, and lead us as we seek to do your will, your path, your plan, to live as a family the way you want us to live. We ask for your wisdom and insight in Jesus' name. Amen.
So our first point, our main point, number one, your actions shape the culture of this faith community. This faith community is molded by our actions towards each other. And we see that in verse 7, where it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. What is important to note in these verses is the contrast. There is quite a contrast between the flesh and the Spirit, destruction and eternal life. All throughout the book of Galatians, the author Paul is constantly comparing the flesh, or our sinful desires, against the spirit, which is our new life in Christ. Paul is saying that our actions, will our actions will produce a result. If our results are of the flesh, if we are living for our fleshy desires, we will reap destruction. There will be hurt, harm, and trouble now, and in light of eternity, it means eternal punishment. On the other hand, if we live by the spirit, hold our faith in Christ, the result of our actions will produce life. Life in yourself, life in others, and life in this community and eventually eternal life in heaven. This element, there is obviously an element of eternity here, heaven or hell. If we live by the flesh, if we indulge in sin and have unrepented hearts, we will gather a harvest of eternal damnation. But if we live by the Spirit, if we seek God's will, if we desire to live in love and holiness, grace and mercy, if we live by faith, we will, grab, we will gather a harvest of eternal paradise. We must understand that what we do, how we live, where our heart is in relationship to the Lord and how we act now plays a part in our eternity. God cannot be mocked. Verse 7 starts with that claim because God knows there are many people who proclaim to know God with their lips but they deny them with their light, deny his faith and his love and his mercy with their lives. They say they love God by their but their actions reveal that they love their sin more. Their lives are produce, no, not producing good fruit. And you know what Jesus says about that? In Matthew 7, 18 through 20, he says, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruits, they will be recognized. And this can be so encouraging for us as we see, as we walk out our faith and our love and our relationship with Jesus, we can see the fruit that is changing in our hearts, the fruit that is changing, and we know we're on that journey of salvation. We have that assurance that we are being transformed. So verse 7 and 8, in our main passage today, there is an element of eternity. What we do now obviously affects what happens later. But now in the smaller context, in context of 1 through 10, in context of this whole book in Galatians, um, including verses 1 through 5, and what we'll get to later, um, we see that there is, there's, it's not just about eternity, it's about your life now and your, our community. Paul isn't focusing on eternity, but on our lives. Our actions can bring life to this community they can help a brother or sister in Christ and thus produce good fruit, or they can bring destruction and tear down, discourage or hurt a brother or sister, and thus bring bad fruit. Our faith community, as wonderful as we are, is made up of individuals. Each one of us using the gifts God has given us to build up our family, build up each other, and encourage each other and love each other, or to tear down. That's why our actions shape the culture of this faith community. We must be aware of how our actions shape each other because he, part of living in emotionally healthy relationships is realizing that our actions, how our actions make others feel. We have to be aware of that. So the question I ask you is what kind of culture do you want to continue to build here at East Petersburg? Of course, we know we need the Lord to grow this family, to build us up, to build our culture, to, to move in the spirit. But he wants to do that through you and me. 
partnering with what the Holy Spirit is already doing. So do we want, a, do we want a community that's full of gossip or we want to trust one another? Do we want to have jealousy among us or do we want to be united in love? Do you want to compare each other's life and see who is better or do you want humility to reign in this place? The choice is inevitably every single moment, every single day is ours to choose. We will live by the spirit or we live by the flesh. Now I'm assuming we all want to choose the latter, to have a community full of love, humility, hope, and a lot of joy. It is fun being a Christian. It's uplifting to worship God together, and this faith journey we are on is wild and exciting. And you get to choose the culture we have here. Yes, the leadership team, we can plan sermon series. We can have connect groups, fellowship meals, awesome, awesome worship sessions. But without you, without you choosing to plant seeds of love, joy, peace, kindness among each other, we will not have a true family. So you get to choose. You will plant the seeds of envy and strife, or will you make peace and offer forgiveness? You see, how we act towards one another in this family and to others that come into our door, even in our neighborhoods and our workplaces, is what will grow. And the question is, what do we want to grow here at East Peak? If you plant a peach tree, what do you get? Peaches. If you plant rose bushes, what flowers will you get? Roses. Now, in the same way, through our actions, if we plant love and mercy, what will we get? Love and mercy. If through your actions, though, we plant jealousy and gossip, what will we get? Jealousy and gossip. We cannot fool ourselves, folks. Our actions shape the culture of our community, and we definitely can't fool God. That's why verse 7 starts off by saying, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You see, the world tells us that our actions don't affect others. We can live our own life, be selfish, watch out for me, and everything will be okay. But if we plant seeds of selfishness, selfishness will grow. The world can teach us to think our actions have no effect on others, yet life through the eyes of the Bible teaches us that what we sow is what we will reap, that our actions do affect others, and so we must be aware of the seeds we are planting in our faith community, in your families at home, in your workplaces, through our actions. We are here on Sunday morning. Are we loving each other? Are we taking time to make com com community and conversation to show that we care and we actually listen? Do you take time to get to know each other? We are a faith family, and we should be interested in getting to know each other. Not just take talking to the same five or six people every week, but branching out and knowing others in our faith family. If there's a visitor, do we take time to make them feel loved, welcomed, and accepted? Are we planting seeds of community and relationships among us, or are we planting seeds of isolation? I understand that some of us are introverts, and making conversation can be not the most enjoyable thing in the world, but are we introverted or are we in Christ? And in Christ, we are full of love. In Christ, we sometimes we're called to go outside our comfort zone to make someone else feel welcomed and comfortable. The world tells us not to step out of our comfort zones. Don't do anything that makes you uncomfortable. We even create safe spaces to protect ourselves. But the Bible says to love, and sometimes loving can be challenging. If we hear that someone is going through a tough time at work or in relationships, do we take time to plant those seeds of peace and love? Do we stand beside them? Remember the earlier passage in the last sermon series, verse 2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. We are not just a faith family for a couple hours on Sunday morning. We are a family, whether we are inside these four walls or we're out living in our neighborhoods, schools, and workplaces. 
Walking out of these doors after service does not mean we stop being brothers and sisters in Christ. It just gives us an opportunity to love each other in a different way. Now what I'm excited about, so excited and honored to be part of, is that we get to do this together. You all have already cultivated such a wonderful, loving, and uplifting, supportive community here. This is an amazing church community. I, I mean, I honestly mean that this is an amazing church family. Tiffany and I have been, my wife, have been part of many church families. Um, we truly, though, feel like we've been a part of a lot of churches, but not a lot of faith families. Not a lot of families, just we just would go and attend, and you get great music, great sermons, but we never felt part of something more. And, and at East Petersburg, we have, you guys and the Holy Spirit have cultivated something more than just a Sunday service. And living through the eyes of the Bible, that means we don't give up that. We don't give up. We keep uplifting. We keep supporting each other. We must not stop because our actions will continue to shape this faith community. Now, there may be some here who have been in these chairs for months and even years who do not feel that love and support, who do not feel like they are truly welcomed. We can't give up. We must desire for everyone who walks in these doors, who sits in these chairs to feel loved and welcomed here, when you're in your workplaces, for them to feel loved and welcomed in your neighborhood, to feel the presence of God when they walk in here through their actions, our actions towards them. Imagine if a non-believer walks through these doors. Will they experience the love we have for them and for each other as, we des as they desire to see our love? And that desire will lead them to repentance and holiness and transformation. There are Christians, the love and support they receive when they come in here will only strengthen their faith. You see, them, what, Tiff and I have been so overwhelmed by the love and support you guys have given us. And this is just simply an encouragement to say we must keep going. We're on the verge of something extraordinary. And our main point, number two, is your actions will produce change. How we act is how we will be. This is verse number nine. Look at, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You all have been doing good. You have been loving each other. You have been supporting each other. You have been bearing each other's burdens. You have been celebrating successes together and holding each other in times of, of struggle. I have seen this from the small amount of time that Tiff and I have been here. It has been amazing to see how you guys have bonded together. And I simply want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't get tired of loving each other. Don't get tired of supporting each other. Our faith community is on the verge of something exponential. The culture that we have created here with the Lord is what thousands of churches are seeking every single week and they don't truly reach. But we must not stop. You see, because that verse says, at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The seeds of love, joy, and peace that you all have been planting here for years are growing. The fruit of your actions is starting to reveal themselves. Some of you have been praying for years that the Spirit will be moving. Some of you have been loving and supporting this faith community for longer than I have been alive. And we are seeing the fruit of your faithfulness. And at the proper time, God is raising this harvest. And we should be excited for what the Lord is doing among us, honored to be part of his kingdom work. What is happening at East Pete, it, what these couple verses are describing is, is the picture of like a woman in labor. For months, she's a pregnant mother, nurtures and grows and takes care of this child within her. And then the moment comes and the child is ready to be born. And the mother has to work. She has to push. She has to keep going. 
all those months of nurturing, growing the child inside of her will be for nothing if she doesn't keep going, if she doesn't give up. She must keep going. You see, our faith families on the moment when God is birthing new things, fresh winds, new revelations, new moves of the Spirit inside of us. Our verse of the year, Revelation 21.5, Behold, I am making all things new. Years of prayer, years of loving each other, doing good together are coming to the surface. This message is simply an encouragement to you, to excite you, to urge you on to keep pushing, to keep loving, to keep forgiving. And together we will grow into what God has for us as a community and as individuals. Now you may be tired of doing good, of loving those in your neighborhood and your families that are difficult to love in this community, but please don't give up. The culture in this church is already full of love and joy and excitement. We just got to keep going. We're on the path of the Spirit. The Lord's direction is laid out before us, and I exhort you not to grow weary in doing good, but keep on loving. You see, your actions produce change. Let us depend and rely on the Spirit. Let us stand together. Let us live and love like Jesus as we grow into a faith community. Our actions change lives. This is the final point. Number three, as we wrap up, our actions change lives. This faith community is a place of opportunity. You obviously have opportunity in your workplaces, in your schools, but this faith community is a place of opportunity to love and do good. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. We are called to love one another, to love our neighbors, to help the person on the side of the road who has a flat tire, to help that old person in the grocery store who needs help with their groceries, to help those in the world who are living in darkness, who are entrapped by sin and distant from God. The most loving thing we can do for someone who doesn't know Jesus is to lead them to Jesus, to show them their need for a Savior, to help them repent and to turn from their sins and receive that forgiveness and new life inside of Jesus. Yet we are especially called to help those in our faith family, to do good to those who belong. As I said earlier, our faith family cannot be limited to Sunday mornings. We are a family Monday through Sunday, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You remember the story I told you at the beginning of this message about the Himba people? The community, a village that stands together, they remember each and every person's unique song throughout as long as they're alive in that village. And they stand together to lift that person up when that person needs help bearing burdens. They sing. They sing that unique song and stand united. Well, family, we don't have that unique song, but we do have the Lord. And with the Lord, we can help each other. The Lord has given us something beautiful through the redemption that is found on the cross, through the blood of Jesus that was shed for the sins of the world, God's ears are open. And the beautiful thing is we can pray, knowing, believing that God hears us when we talk. And many of you have burdens that the church has already been supporting, some, of, some that the church hasn't been supporting. And we're going to take a moment here, whether it's health problems or that are bearing you down, you're tired, stressed, or depressed, we're going to have a moment where we can fulfill verse 10 and says, as we have opportunity, let us do good, especially to those in the family of believers. Remember in the last sermon I did in Community Life Through the Eyes of the Bible, Part 1, bearing each other's burdens means we have to listen to each other. We have to be 
open, though, and transparent and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need a little bit of help in this area, or can you pray for me in this, or how can you support me, and how can I support you? It also means we have to bear each other's burdens. And so right now, I feel the Lord wants us, we talk to the leadership team and, and take a moment where we can bear each other's burdens. So if you have, if you have a prayer need that's a pressing on your heart, a financial prayer need, a spiritual prayer need, or your, your uh, health need, if you have something that you would love prayer for, that you would want us to stand beside you and, and pray with you, I want to take a moment and say, would, would you stand up? Would you stand up? And then the community of believers who are not standing up are going to come around you and pray for you and love on you and support you and lift you up in prayer. So right now, if anyone has a need, would you stand up? If it's a prayer need you'd love prayer for. Thank you, Nevin. Thank you. Yes. Anyone, any, any prayer? You guys, just, we're a family and say, hey, I need, I need some help with this. I want some prayer for this. If even if it's, a, oh, I've I got a sick mother, or I have someone who I want prayer for that's not right here, but I'm supporting them. Can you help strengthen me so I can help strengthen them? If it's something in your life that you want prayer for, would you please stand up? And so, family, as we look around, we see, we see members in our family who have burdens that we want to bear with and we want to love on them. So would you stand up, would the rest of you stand up and find somebody that you can lay your hands on and pray? Those of you who are standing, would you share your prayer need for a couple seconds and, and ask what your prayer for? And then um, I'll close our prayer after things, after things uh, quiet down here a little bit. So.